This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The second reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Blessings of the triune God are bestowed generously on his people. These words will serve also as the basis for today's sermon. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May 21st, 1995. That's a special day for me. The day that I was confirmed into the Lutheran Church, the day that I was given the opportunity to make my promises to stay faithful to God for my life. And that day was was a blessed day for a lot of reasons, but one that will stick in my head is how I was surrounded. The love and support that I received from my baptismal sponsors, from friends and relatives, I remember opening cards and reading words of encouragement from people that I knew well and people that I didn't know all that well. The next day I went to the bank with a pile of checks that my 13-year-old eyes had never seen before. It was a blessed day. June 27th, 2004 is a day that I won't soon forget. That's the day after my wedding. Now, of course, it was a great weekend. It was, was a banner weekend in my life, and the greatest blessing of the weekend was, of course, to have the love of my life say yes and agree to be at my side for life. But it will always be a part of my memory that next Day and just the feelings of blessing that I and that Trisha with me received. We did the gift opening at her parents' house in Marshfield, Wisconsin, and were just floored by how generous people were with us, giving us all the housewares and things we would need for the new house we were about to make. And then someone put the box of cards from our wedding ceremony and reception a box overflowing, and we decided that instead of making our family watch us read those cards, that we would do that together. We did it in the car on the way to the airport, and what a feeling that was. To hear these words of encouragement, to have Bible passages quoted and and reminded and encouraged, to see the generosity of people flowing forth, a poor seminary student and his wife blindly following along the way. She was there at my side, and I suppose it helped that we were heading to Hawaii for our honeymoon. But on that day, the feeling was clear and obvious. We were blessed. 
And it's Trinity Sunday, and so we have to do all things in threes. And so I'm going to provide one more date, May 19th, 2019. That's the day that I was installed to be a pastor here at Grace. And I'm not bringing that up just to kiss up to my audience, but it's real. The hug that we received on day one was remarkable, one we won't soon forget. We were leaving a church that had been our home and family for 12 years. We had driven halfway across the continent. We weren't sure what big city life and big city ministry would look like, but you were there. A beautiful service planned to put the glory where it belongs at the foot of the throne of God, a a great party that was thrown. We packed the Grace Center with people who wanted to celebrate. There were two tables that were filled with gifts, gifts that were given by people who had never met me before, but were excited to do gospel ministry with me and my family. The gifts that we still use in our home, a pile of gift cards that a year later I still haven't worked my way through The feelings of blessing were incredible. We felt, me and my whole family, we felt and experienced and appreciated the love that was shown us on that day. And I bring these three special dates in my life up, not so that you'll learn something about me, but I'm hoping that you might come up with some dates of your own. What are the days of your blessing? What are the days that you will take with you no matter what or where this world might take you? What are the times that you can recall being blessed by the Lord? I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think. Did June 7th, 2020 make it onto your list? I know that it's difficult to keep track of days in a COVID era, so I'll just come out and tell you that's today. Is today one of the days that you consider to be one of your greatest blessing days? Let me tell you, it could be and it should be. Not because of something that I know that you don't. Not because I have some premonition or ability to see into the future, but I can say that today should be a day of blessing and it should be high on your list and mine because of something that I know that I know that you know. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the peace with God that we have through him. You know the fellowship that the Holy Spirit can give. And that means that today, and that means that every day is a day of blessing. Higher than your greatest day of physical comfort, your greatest day of earthly blessing is the joy of knowing that we are blessed by a triune God, to be in his family and to have a certain future. The blessings of our God are more than three, but the Apostle Paul, in his closing words of 2 Corinthians, spotlights just three, and so we'll spotlight them too and celebrate the fact that life with the triune God means that we are triple blessed. Paul wrote these words to a group of people that he loved dearly. He planted a church in the city of Corinth on his second missionary journey, and he visited them again on his 
third, he wrote the letters that we know in the Bible, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and there's evidence that he wrote at least two more. He dearly loved these people. Dearly loved them because of the partnership they shared in the gospel. Dearly loved them because of the family that God had made them to be. A father in faith, he made Paul, and sons and daughters as he proclaimed the gospel message. Paul dearly loved them, even loved them enough to share harsh and difficult words with them. Loved them enough to show them tough love, to proclaim to them God's law, to point out the sin that was in their midst, and to call them to repentance. Not the easiest thing to do, but Paul was willing to do it because he loved them and cared for their souls. Even here in this final chapter of 2 Corinthians, Paul is encouraging them to continue to do that tough love, continue to share concern, godly concern for the souls and the eternal welfare of those around them, to speak harsh words, words of law, but words of love, so that Paul, when he comes, can just celebrate in the restoration and the joy of the gospel. If they wouldn't, he would. He would certainly speak those words that needed to be spoken. He would certainly share the truths that needed to be shared, but he desired much more to share in gospel joy with all the saints that gathered there. The Apostle Paul encouraged them with his parting words, with this final blessing. He reminds them that life with the triune God is triple blessed. The first blessing that he identifies for them is grace. Grace is a truth that is near and dear to all of us members at Grace Lutheran Church. It was near and dear to the founding fathers of this church who named us after it. Grace. God's undeserved love. It identifies who we are. It identifies how we can be confident that heaven is ours. It's a defining characteristic in the lives of that we live grace. God's grace is undeserved. Undeserved because we haven't done anything to warrant or merit it. We have lived the opposite of the life that God demands of us. God demands that we be perfect, and every day we allow that sinful nature to rear its ugly head. Every day we allow selfishness and pride to win the day. Every day we fail in the fight of temptation. We don't deserve God's love. We are powerless to fix what we've messed up in the past, powerless to change our future. What we deserve is pain and punishment. What we deserve is death and hell. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he does not concern himself with what is fair and does not concern himself with what we deserve, but instead he shows us love. He showers us with grace. Christ Jesus gives us his grace, his undeserved love in more than just words, but in actions. Giving us his life, lived in our place so that the law of God could be fulfilled. Christ Jesus shows more than just sympathy, but he's willing to suffer, willing to struggle so that you and I wouldn't have to. 
Jesus blesses us with more than just a hand gesture to symbolize something, but rather he lifts his hands out to be nailed to a cross of wood so that his death could be in the place of yours. Though we deserve nothing, Jesus gives us everything. His blood shed the holy and precious blood of the Son of God to be the atoning sacrifice and the payment price for your sins and mine. His body offered on the cross. We had nothing to give, and so he gave it all, giving us his very life so that life everlasting could be ours. It is possible to be blessed by someone who is dead. The founding fathers of our nation built a foundation and a framework which leads to the country that we live in today, a blessing to us all. Without them, we wouldn't have what we have today. And therefore, since this country is a blessing to us, that means that they are a blessing to us, though they are, have been dead for quite some time. The civil rights leaders who lived and labored in the 50s and 60s in our country, most of them have, have now died. But the lives that they lived, the struggles that they went through, the pain that they endured, the persecutions to speak a needed voice, they weren't in vain. The events of these past weeks in our city and in our country show that the job's not done. There's still work to do to curb racism in our city and in our lives, to make it true that there is liberty and justice for all. We still have a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of love to show. But without them, where would we be? It's difficult to even comprehend. When a relative is considerate enough to write you into their will, that's a person who is dead that is becoming a blessing to you as they share their earthly possessions or their earthly wealth with you, a blessing that comes from the grave. But it's not that way with Jesus. You see, Jesus could give us no blessings from the grave if he's still there. If his body lay lifeless in the tomb, there is no benefit, no blessing, no legacy that he could leave for us. The Apostle Paul in First. Corinthians chapter 15 says it this way, If Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. But our faith is not futile because our faith is in a living Savior. God raised Jesus from the dead. God won that victory over death and now death is powerless to haunt us anymore. Now in Jesus, in his victory over sin, over the devil, over death, he gives us another blessing we don't deserve. He gives us life. A full life to live here on earth and an everlasting life to live at his side in glory. Our triune God blesses us with grace. And that leads to the next blessing, peace. That's why the Apostle Paul calls God, 
or says about him, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Our triune God will be with us. Paul says it here. Jesus said it in our gospel reading when he said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is with us. That means we have his blessing. God is with us. That means that we can have peace. Peace is more than just the absence of war. Peace is the presence of something. It's the presence of calm, the assurance of comfort, the promise of safety. Ask our soldiers who stand right at the border of the DMZ, the demilitarized zone between North Korea and South Korea. Ask them if they have peace. Ask the soldiers on foot patrol through the city of Baghdad. Ask them if they know and experience and enjoy peace. I wonder what answers they would give. In God, we have the blessing of peace. That's the absence of hostilities because our sin has been taken away, but it's deeper than that. It's more than just the absence of war. In God, we have a calm. The assurance of comfort, the promise of safety. In Christ, we have a love that nothing can separate us from. In God, we have this sure and certain hope that he will never leave us or forsake us. In him, we have real, lasting tangible peace. And that leads to a third blessing that is ours in the name of the triune God, fellowship. We have fellowship with God, a oneness with him that is all his doing. The word fellowship is one of those words that's pretty easy to identify, pretty easy to see when it's happening but maybe a little bit more difficult to define. Here's how the dictionary defines fellowship. Fellowship means to have a friendly relationship based on common interests. That's not something we could have with God if it were up to us. There's no way that we could make our interests to be common with him. There's no way that we could have a friendly relationship with him In fact, we can't even go halvesies. We can't even meet God halfway. But God doesn't ask us to meet him in the middle. He comes to us. He comes to us to establish that friendly relationship. He comes to us to establish common interests with him. A relationship, interest we could never have on our own and we could never get ourselves to a place of having, but God makes us to be a new creation. He washes us clean and robes us in his righteousness. He makes us fit and worthy to stand in his presence. He makes us perfect and holy in his sight. That means that we have fellowship with him. You can see a progression flowing through the gifts that God gives. You can see how they each play off of and feed off of one another. God gives us his grace, his undeserved love. That means that we have peace. The war is over. The calm 
comfort and safety are here. We have fellowship with him, a oneness, a unity, a relationship with him. But this blessing from God is not just about us. These are the things that God blesses to us, but he also blesses through us. We can live lives of grace in the way that we interact with one another, in a way that we seek to show Christ-like love. We can never show the truly undeserved love the way that Christ has shown for us, but we can flavor our entire lives with the love of Jesus. We can strive and make it our prayer that Christ Jesus give us his heart and his mind and his eyes that we see everyone the way he does, as blood-bought souls, as souls that he was willing to die for and in fact did die for. We can show love to those who don't deserve it in our lives, our enemies, those who who persecute us. We can still show them the love that Jesus would and does. We can let love be a defining characteristic in our lives. We have peace with God, and that means that we can be at peace with one another. We don't have to carry around our grudges. We don't have to seek revenge. We can be at peace. Peace with God is about more than him just putting down the weapons of his wrath. It means that we have this comfort too, and so we can seek to live in comfort and joy with one another. We can make forgiveness to be a defining characteristic in our lives because Jesus motivates it and makes it possible. We've been forgiven much, and so we can forgive much that others might know the joy that the peace of God brings. God puts us at fellowship with him, and that means that we can have fellowship with one another. Of course, fellowship is a defining characteristic within a church. Remember that definition. It means to have a friendly relationship based on common interests. That's something that we are blessed to share with one another. Maybe not just in your little small group but zoom out a little bit more and see the common interest that we have as a body of believers. We have the common interest of seeking to show love to one another. We have the common interest of seeking to bring God glory in all that we do, and we have the common interest of seeking to share that message of love with those around us. Listen to these words that come right before the blessing that Paul uses to sum it all up. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And all God's people here send their greetings. I haven't checked the CDC website to see what the guidelines are for holy kisses, but I'm guessing that they won't be back anytime soon. The modern-day cultural equivalent to it, the handshake might even have to be suspended for a little while. But these gestures mutually show the, the common bond that we have with one another. The fellowship that we share as confessors of the truth, the, the blessing of being a family of believers, 
and the body of Christ. We share this common interest. We share this in common that we are poor people. Poor people that have been made rich in the blood of Christ. Poor people that have been given the promise of everlasting riches at God's side in glory. Weak people who have been made strong by his promises and his love. We share a common interest in a genuine and sincere concern for one another, in a genuine and sincere concern to bring glory to God, and a genuine and sincere desire to share his love with the world. We want others to receive the blessing that we have received. We want others to have the joy of knowing that they've been adopted into the family of God too through the blood of Christ, that they could have the blessings of the cross because they've been given to them for free. We want others to know what we know, that life with a triune God means that we are triple blessed. My friends, receive, celebrate, and share the blessing of our triune God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with you all. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.